0: We are back with another edition of the Bibliotheques podcast, and this is going to be an especially bittersweet episode. Yes, it is. We are coming to an end mm. of Return of the King mm. and the Lord of the Rings trilogy today. It's a, a really weird feeling finishing this book.
1: Yeah, especially because there's a shocking amount of action that goes into it. So when it does end, Mm-hmm. It it does end really nicely and in a, with a really good bow on top. Mm-hmm. But you get there and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, it's ending, it's ending. And like it's like a sudden, like you feel like you're falling out of bed for the last seven pages.
0: Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Cause I don't know. It's also just more unfamiliar as people who've watched the movies so many times, mm-hmm. because the way the books end is slightly different than the way the movies come to a close. Uh and so yeah, there's just like weird feelings going through this final these final chapters. It I don't know if like you're supposed to feel good at the end or if you're like kind of sad or I, I think
1: um a way that Tolkien puts it best is how the elves were feeling at the very end, sad but not um but not um not bitter.
0: That's a good way. That's a that's a really admirable thing to feel, Mm -hmm. but they're elves and I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I I feel you, but it just, it just ends so well though. I can't like, I'm like upset
1: in the way that like, I don't want it to end and I feel sad that it's over, but at the same time it ends so well, like very rarely do you get to the end of a story and does someone just absolutely nail the landing like Tolkien
0: does? Yeah. I mean, he, he definitely did that. He definitely just stuck the landing here and it was a perfect, it it was a perfect Tolkien ending. What it wasn't it it wasn't like he was able to communicate, I think, with the reader that everything was back to the way that it should be. Mm-hmm. But what should be wasn't necessarily what I thought it was going to be. And it's also not what our characters thought it was going to be. Right. So I, th- I think with that, we can just hop into chapter um, seven. Right. Today we're doing seven, eight, nine, the last three chapters of return of the king. Yes. So we start
1: out with um, the hobbits and Gandalf have officially, officially departed with the rest of uh, the fellowship. It's officially disbanded. Um, the very end of chapter six we got them leaving everyone um, in uh, Rivendell for the last time. Bilbo included. Bilbo did included. Not come along. He did not, but um, Elrond did mention, You're not going to need to visit Bilbo. We'll see you soon enough. And that was a real obvious wink, wink, nudge, nudge to Frodo to just hang tight in the Shire for a little bit. Right. As Gandalf leads them through the rain to Bree and they um, head back to the Prancing Pony because he's got to say hi to Butterbur. This you'll remember Butterbur from our fellowship episodes as being a big dummy who forgot to tell the hobbits
0: everything that Gandalf asked him to. Right. And this chapter, like these last three chapters in particular, uh, there are a lot of just fellowship callbacks because oh, yeah. we're going back along the same path from fellowship. So there's a lot coming back here.
1: You're right. And um, Butterbur welcomes him in. He remembers him this time. Cool. Um, but he kind of tells them, that he's a little hostile to the idea of having a lot of people stay in his inn because there's been like an increase in uh petty crime and just kind of scoundrels all around the Shire.
0: And he says it in a really ominous way. Vagabonds are about. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing is they get to Bree, which I mean, they weren't greeted with super warm welcome the last time there, but, Even so, it was better than this. I mean, they get there, and the gatekeeper's like, who the fuck are you? sees Gandalf is like, okay, you're cool. Bring your guys in. But, like, the town's kind of run down. Like, they pass by Bill Fernie's house, who, if you remember Bill Fernie from The Fellowship, this guy who just, like, spied out these guys and, like, kind of ratted on them to the Nazgul. Yeah. The Black Riders. And, like, his house is all boarded up, and they have this conversation about, like, Sam hoping that he killed him when he threw an apple at his head and shit like that. But yeah, like the whole town is just run down. So by the time they get to Butterbur's and he's like, yeah, there's nobody in my inn right now. Nobody's coming out of their houses. Nobody's stopping through town. The only people who are out in the wilderness are fucking criminals. Yeah. Um, but with that said, that kind of makes the
1: the Shire folk and Gandalf a pretty warm welcome. They're like a, like a sight for sore eyes for our guy. And right, he right. comes in and he's like, hey, I'd really appreciate if you just kind of like caught me up because again i don't get to talk to people anymore i'm an innkeeper who has no one in his inn this is kind of like awful for me mm-hmm. so he gets in there and they're breaking down the stories they're just blowing his mind left and right i'm sure they're like saying things and he's stopping and like what is that what, what is going on and they're like yeah and uh the, there's a new king he's going to be sending out his writers they're like who's the king and he's like funny you should ask yeah strider's king <laughs> and he's like strider the the ranger who would come in here and act all mysterious like he's king.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and that exchange between him and Sam is so great too, where he's just like, "Wait, so Butterbur had to like stop them in their story at one point." It's like, "Wait, so uh, hold on, slow down, slow down, slow down." Like, who is this king? And Sam's like, "Hey, you fucking moron! Open your ears, Strider. That guy that was in here, that ranger in the north, he's king now. Haven't you been following this story at all?" Butterbur was like, "Hmm, okay," (laughs) (laughs) and. And then we find out, which is
1: to are the host's chagrin. Oh, God, dude. Bill, the pony is alive. I
0: forgot about that. I forgot that that happened in this book. I read this book one other time and I got to that page and I'm like, they're bringing fucking Bill back. Dude, Bill is back in a big way. Wild. I was <laughs> absolutely insane h- against every odd. A hundred percent. I was just like. I was sure he died. Oh. I hadn't read it before. I was positive Bill died. There's well, no way. There you, was no way. You being a first time reader, totally excusable. Me having read this before should have remembered that. But Bill should have died.
1: Let's he just have be died. honest. I, I'm not. I'm going to take the egg is on my face. I stand by the original take that take integrity. strong. Take integrity strong here. He uh, I, uh, yeah.
0: Take accountability hour. Yeah. I, I, I miss <laughs> the mark, but. I stand by the original take. Exactly, good call. He should have died. There's no reason. He has no business. Being I back. I took, I t- I took the minus three thousand odds that
1: <laughs> Bill the Pony died. <laughs> absolutely bad beat of the week yeah bad beat of the week my take that there's no chance in hell that bill the pony survived we're spending too much
0: time on bill but that's okay chalk it up to uh just a magical miracle anyway moving on there isn't
1: really to be quite honest there isn't a lot left in this chapter they kind of catch up with butterbur and -hmm. butterbur as usual is just an enormous dipshit and can't follow the story and then they as they're heading out again gandalf um Basically is like, OK, you guys are going to be able to go into the rest of the Shire by yourselves now. Kind of takes them a little bit before they hit the Barrow Downs. And he said, I have to go talk to Tom Bombadil about what to do next, because my whole existence has been based on making sure that Sauron doesn't come back to his full power. Mm-hmm. That's done. I need to talk to the next most powerful person in this part of the realm. Mm-hmm. which is Bombadil and see what he has right. plan and what his advice is.
0: Yeah. A couple things here. So one, I just want to get this out of the way right away for the few people out there who aren't big Tom Bombadil fans, go fuck yourself. Gandalf is going to talk to him specifically. So he knows what's up mm-hmm. anyway, moving on from there. A couple other things in this chapter that are really important. Frodo is also like, has been experiencing like pains and like sickness on and off mm-hmm. and he'll continue to do so. But it's just pretty clear that Frodo's dealing with some serious like PTSD and just like ring wraith induced hurt right now. The guy took a beating
1: throughout the entire story. Like if we can just do a quick thing of all of his all of his like
0: sales. so. It's in a quote, actually, because yeah. Frodo is talking to Sam and he's like, I was he, he says something along the lines of like, I was maimed knife. Sting and tooth. So yeah. referring to the Morgul blade from the ring wraith on Weathertop, which they're about to pass, to uh Sting being Shelob's stinger, and then three being tooth, meaning he got his fucking finger ripped off by Gollum. The third of which is probably bothering him the least at this point. Insane. <laughs> but he does note that distance to the events
1: locations. Are really affecting it too, which is a reference to like he's probably experiencing PTSD from it too. Like he's thinking about it more and more as they pass by, whether mm-hmm. the, they don't go through Weathertop
0: because they don't need to, but as they pass around it. So, two, yeah, the two things are one, yeah, the location that it happened. The other thing is the date. Yeah. And because we are around the time that the Hobbits had left the last time right now, we're in October, when they pass Weathertop, they pass it like on the day that he got stabbed there so yeah he's like let's not go there yeah no anyway um yeah but that chapter is pretty succinct we just get caught up with butterbur basically the takeaway is everybody all of the kind of merriment about like going home just has this kind of cloud over it right now and everybody's kind of like okay what the fuck's going on because we've heard from Butterbur also that but things aren't really great in the Shire either
1: yeah it's a primer for the fact that coming home isn't going to be this warm welcome that they're expecting it to be exactly and we get one more um shot of um Gandalf absolutely booking it away with Shadowfax <laughs> just one more time hits the afterburners and just- I
0: wrote this down it's like oh Cody is gonna f- Cody's just gonna go wild for this like Gandalf's grand exit from like the last breaking of the fellowship Gandalf leaving the hobbits just like Scoot! there's no reason
1: <laughs> Bombadil isn't going anywhere <laughs> no. he doesn't go anywhere he, he kind of wanders around like the like the 10 mile radius of his house yeah he just dicks around with Goldberry and then he, he, there's no like haste
0: to be made no to is, Bombadil. is there okay is there any part of you that thinks maybe just maybe gandalf only rides shadow facts because he's like this thing's really fucking it's the cool. flex he does
1: it for the that's flex. it that's it there's no other reason it's like it's like your, your buddy who took the muffler off his monte carlo and got racing tires so he can just peel out that's
0: yeah and not to mention also gandalf is still riding shadow facts at this point for what purpose he's with four hobbits on ponies it's like if you were like all right we're gonna do a like we're going to travel. I'm going to be in a Lamborghini and you guys all get Ford escapes. I'm dragging
1: you behind my Lamborghini in wagons, like with rope tied on the end. For real. Like, oh, it's just, it's hilarious to me, but I knew you would like that. Yeah, (laughs) that's pretty much it. The only, the only, this chapter is very short. It's like, you know, 10 pages long and it's pretty much just a warning to the reader. So Mm -hmm. just, just prime you for what's going to happen in the next chapter. That's it. Right, exactly. That's a good way of putting it. But it's a necessary transition. He's had these chapters in here before where they're super not long and they're just to get you from A to B. The t- The
0: title of the chapter
1: is Homeward Bound.
0: That's literally it. Right. If, yeah, get from A to B, exactly. Mm-hmm. But that brings us to chapter 8, which is called The Scouring of the Shire. And if you thought the last chapter was not long, then don't worry. We've got a big one for oh, yeah. you. So The Scouring of the Shire starts with... Are four hobbits still being kind of optimistic that they're going to get a warm welcome when they get back to the Shire, still not really knowing what's going on, but kind of hoping for the best at this point. Um, Those hopes are quickly just cast away when they get to the Brandywine bridge and find it locked up with gates on either side of this bridge that they're trying to get to. So they have this kind of back and forth with these guards These hobbits who are stationed at these two posts at this gate and are like, hey, let us in. By the way, why is there a gate here? And they're just like, hey, we can't let you in. No newcomers allowed. Also, shit's going down. The chief, quote, the chief. We'll have our necks if he knows that we let you in. So Mary and Pippin are both like, fuck that. We're coming over. So they climb the fence over this bridge. Out comes Bill Fernie from one of these houses and is like, you guys are going to go to jail for this. Pippin and Mary at this point. Are feeling themselves.
1: Oh, they're this is important to note. How the hobbits look compared to every other hobbit who's pretty much ever lived yes they are still dressed in whatever they left gondor in being male shirts Mm -hmm. shields swords um they're just decked out in all their gifts like mary's got his horn pippin's got
0: uh which i think we failed to mention in our last podcast mary received this special horn from rohan which was like Soup like special in some way or, it's, or it's, another. It's just
1: it's, it's special in the way any token. Yeah. Uh, d- described by token is like pretty much just gonna be cool. Mm-hmm. They have all this shit on them, and Frodo's just kind of sitting back the whole time and just letting his boys kind of like. like you don't know who the fuck we are.
0: Also, Merry and Pippin are huge for hobbits now. They're huge now. So they're big. They're strapped and they're carrying swords, which. To people like us who are just reading a fantasy like story, you kind of just think like, oh, everybody has a sword. No, most people do not. And so when Mary and Pippin cross this bridge and are like confront Bill Fernie, draw their swords on this guy. He just like throws the keys at them. He's like, here you go. I'm out of here. And like scampers off. So these strapped, decked out, just weapon-bearing hobbits are like, all right, well, we'll stay here for the night and then we'll make our way back to Bag End, get on our way tomorrow. Can you put us up in one of these hovels, essentially, that are just like super shittily built? They sleep there for the night uh, and then they get a little more information from Hob, one of the guys that we knew from Fellowship as well, just about kind of a little bit about what's going on here. So the chief, as it's referred to, is actually Lotho Baggins, um, one of Frodo's kind of like shitty relatives. Yeah. And one of the people in the side of the Baggins family that he sold Baggins to. Right. So Lotho is kind of in charge of town now, holed up in Bag End, And what they've heard is there's this great like host of vagabonds essentially running shit. Yeah. Supported by this enormous group of sheriff hobbits that are just policing everybody tearing down trees destroying buildings putting up like ghastly mills and everything like that. Yeah. So we learned some of that the next morning we set off again and on our road then we get confronted by a group of these sheriffs,
1: which described as like ruffians, The Tolkien wants you to make make wants to make sure that you know that they're just like thugs. They have no real authority other than just being bigger and stronger than
0: other hobbits. Well, these ones and they're men. Like, weren't these ones hobbits though? So, no, the yeah, ones the, that the confront sh- him on the road.
1: Yeah, like they're they're some of them are hobbits and some of them are men, but the majority of them are just like. Dudes who would have no, like, they're not real, like, shire folk in mm-hmm. the sense they're just from around the area that would have been petty criminals, but now have been empowered to be like these enforcers,
0: right? Right? So, <clears throat> they're on the way to Bywater, this village that they have to go through to get to the shire. And this group of sheriffs come up to them and are like, Hey, you're under arrest for breaking through a gate, so obviously. Somebody had told someone that this has happened already. There's spies running about bad news. Frodo is kind of just like, hey, we're going to Bag End. Call it an arrest if you want. You can come along with us, but we're going that way. And this guy's just like, "Okay, but remember what I said, like you're under my These guys are fucking pushovers, and whenever they run into the hobbits
1: who are like trying to do this, they the hobbits have they don't want to fight. They're hobbits, right? Famously the most docile race in all of Middle Earth. Oh yeah, totally. They're like the reason that they're such pushovers is because Frodo, Sam, Merry, and Pippin they're out here dressed as they are with weapons. Like, no, Mm -hmm. we're not under arrest. Go fuck yourselves. Like that's pretty much they just roll through the Shire. Right. And like the first two layers of like quote unquote security set up by mm-hmm. like this like really like skeleton sheriff's department mm-hmm. is just allowing them to roll through because they don't want to fight. Right. So, Especially with guys who like us uh, seem to know what they're talking about when they say, Hey, we'll fight you and probably kill you.
0: Yeah. I mean, all of our guys here, these four hobbits, have seen more shit at this point than anyone. In Middle Earth. Pretty much. Take out a few exceptions. Yeah. Virtually everyone in Middle Earth. They're in the 99th
1: percentile. 100%. who have seen shit. Mary contributed to the death of the witch King, Right. I would like. So these like small town sheriffs that are like, I'm going to throw the book at you. It's like, what? Not scared.
0: Not scared. So our four hobbits are being led in heavy air quotes by this troop of sheriffs. Our four hobbits are on ponies, by the way. The rest of them are just walking and they are mustering these sheriffs at a fast pace. Sam's talking to one of them, uh, getting some more information. It's just kind of learning. All right. There's this other guy. So there's the chief. But the boss of everybody is really this guy named Sharky. We're like, who the fuck is this Sharky guy? What's going on here? Okay, We're, we're learning more of this. As we're making our way down this road, people are chirping at the sheriff's the whole time, like, "Hey, you can't do shit! Look at you! You're being led down the road by the prisoners that you took." Yeah, you're sprinting to follow these ponies
1: to make it look like they didn't just escape you, which they
0: are. So finally, this group of sheriffs, like, "Okay, we can't go on any further today. Like, we're too tired." So they just stop, (laughs) and Frodo's like, "All right, you can wait there, but we're gonna keep going to buy water." I was like, "Okay." But just remember, you're still under arrest. <laughs> okay. was like, fine. Okay, <laughs> fine. Finally, they make it to Bywater. It's this village. It's been totally like ransacked. I mean, there had been Hobbit holes just dug out and just, mm. I mean, boarded up. Everything. It just looks like a ghost town. Nobody's out. The Green Dragon, if you remember from The Hobbit, which is that pub in Bywater, It's all like the windows smashed in, boarded up. Everything's bad there on the road. They encounter a group of these ruffians grown full on men. And they're just like, Hey, what, what's going on? Like, and these guys are like, Hey, we, we heard about you. You guys are under arrest and start chirping Frodo, which Pippin doesn't take to at all. He's like, Hey, this guy saved middle earth. Show some respect.
1: Yeah, it's also funny because these are the guys that are clearly like not like the chiefs men. These are like Sharky's boys. Like right. like they, this these guys are not from the Shire or mm-hmm. a, they might be from like around the the area but they're not like hobbit folk cuz they're men first of all. But also like they're only like have like random like clubs mm-hmm. and like whips and stuff, like random like farm tools They're not well armed. No, though. they're not. And and Merry and Pippin kind of explained to them like excuse me. One, whatever power you're deriving this from, it's gone. We just came back from like all of the evil in middle earth soul power in Sauron being destroyed. Whoever told you that you're in charge, it's not there anymore. Right. Right. And they're just like, I don't know if I'm going to believe you. And Mary and Pippin are like, Oh yeah, believe this. And they draw their swords and they're like, Oh, well, I don't
0: know. Yeah. I mean, the flex of Marion Pippin in this chapter is just so hard. they're like so ready to be top gun at this point. They want it so bad. Like throughout their entire journey, they've never been the guy. Yeah. Ever. No. They've always been a nuisance. And finally, they get back to the Shire and they are easily the most like it's not close battle hardened people there and and just like decked out and whatever so yeah they are ready to fight which is kind of a big deal especially to frodo so mary and pippin scare these ruffians off and they go back we assume to go grab a bigger force to come back and deal with our hobbits Frodo at that point is like, hey, I know that this is going to come to some conflict. Let's try to not kill people if we can. The only time we should try to do that, or the only time we should have to, is if somebody is like killing a hobbit. If that's not happening, don't kill anybody. Merry and Pippin are like, mm, okay. <laughs> like Fine. <laughs> so, at this point, though, we are kind of like, okay, now we really know what's going on here. The Hobbit, the the Shire, is just in this kind of stranglehold right now. And Mary's like, we need to raise the Shire. We need to get everybody out and ready to riot and revolt against this Sharky and the Chief. And I want to make sure that like when Frodo says that he
1: doesn't want harm to befell any Hobbit, he's including Lotho in this because he's like, look, from the sounds of it, Lotho hasn't left bag end in a while he's probably like a prisoner there and just like a puppet chief whatever it is like it sounds like Sharky's really the one who's like calling the shots here 100 so we might be have we might have to like prepare to give Lotho some forgiveness which honestly makes a lot of sense based on what we've seen so far right right
0: um so Mary raises the Shire. He blows this horn from Rohan with these special abilities and everyone is just kind of like summoned out to it. And so things are going down right now. Sam's like, hey, um, I know somewhere where I could go to like get this guy. Also, I'm probably going to marry his daughter, but I hear this guy's important. So I want to go make sure he's okay and his family's okay. Also, I really like his daughter um did i mention i liked his daughter a lot and i want to go make sure she's okay i like his daughter and so he takes off down to Tom. the whole time he's just backing up
1: slowly like on the pony like going towards it and they're just like they're like yeah you can hear like oh yeah i didn't hear you i'm actually going to get, get Rosie.
0: all right so he goes to farmer cotton's farm goes checks in on him lets him know what's going on farmer cotton gets his sons whoever And it's like, all right, let's go. I've been waiting for this day. Like, let's fucking fight. And Sam's like, hey, is Rosie home? (laughs) He's just like, yeah, she's in the house. Like, whatever, dude. And
1: Rosie's like, hey, Sam. You look
0: great. You look like really good. (laughs) Rosie's like, I actually thought you'd be back last spring. Where the fuck have you been? It's
1: like, uh, look, it would take a week to tell you about all the (laughs) badass shit I do. So I'm
0: actually choosing not to tell you Let you just sit on that. (laughs) Like, it's great to see that you're all right. I'm going to go do more dope ass shit. See you later. And he just, like, it's this incredible moment where he's talking to Rosie and she is kind of just telling him, like, hey, you came to get my dad to go raise the Shire to start this riot. And you're sitting here talking to me. Shouldn't you be? getting back to whatever you're doing and sam's like you're right babe and he just goes back and peels out on bill yeah
1: uh so the funny thing is like mary and Pippin aren't the only ones who have been waiting to be a big boy of the shire right sam has been just slaving away to keep frodo alive for (laughs) like probably the last couple books right he's just been trying so hard to keep this one dude alive and getting really badass in the process like my guy's ability to just survive and fight is through the roof at this point. So he now, like, I remember anytime anyone would bring up like Rosie or like, hey, Sam, you're going to get a wife. In the earlier books, he would be like bashful and be like babbling, mm-hmm. unable to like come up with complete sentences or he just goes flush with red and goes silent. Now he's like, I've come to raise the Shire.
0: Mm-hmm,
1: right. Mr. Cotton, grab your, <laughs> grab your tools. We fight at dawn. Yeah. <laughs> I will be back for you, Rosie. <laughs> Often
0: on his flaming steed. Cause he's, built. cause
1: he's seen the bums that Sharky has been putting up in mm-hmm. the Shire. And he's like, look, yeah, I had to deal with this like absolute, worm frog creature on my back for like a year Mm -hmm. i i saw a balrog do you even know what that is Mm -hmm. it killed one of my best friends and then he came back a year later
0: just the idea of sam being like hey ever heard of a balrog (laughs) oh yeah i'm not surprised that you
1: don't know it's just a four-story shadow demon made of pure flame and evil
0: It's not that tough. Only,
1: only, only, just it just it just took out the the best of it. He came back stronger, so not a big deal. <laughs> oh my
0: god! Yeah, that whole encounter was just so funny to me. But back to the action. Sam gallops back to Bywater, where he finds Mary has been fast at work putting everything together. Hobbits are out, ready to fight. At this point, we've got a big gang of hobbits. At this point some have bows a lot, have like axes and clubs and stuff. So we're ready to scrap. We also hear that. Pippin's kin, the Tooks have been kind of already doing their own little rebellion, Mm -hmm. but it hasn't been able to branch out of their, let's just say country, I guess this area of the Shire neighborhood. Right. So, But they've already kind of been fighting, but they're locked in right now by these ruffians. Pippin is like, all right, let me go liberate these guys, bring them back here, join up with the bigger force. Pippin goes off. The bigger group back at Bywater sets up these barricades on the road. Soon after, that group of ruffians that we'd already scared off come back in bigger numbers, like about, what, 20 or so, right? Yeah, there's 20. There's, yeah. To what they would assume just take care of four hobbits but they come back come down the road um they're laughing at this barricade that's set up they're just like what the fuck is this <laughs> like the hobbits spring a trap on them and are like hey we've got you covered by archers if any of you do anything right now we'll kill you um and so what they do is they end up taking all of these guys prisoners um, and that kind of ends that night.
1: Yeah, the main ruffian who is like, "You guys aren't shit." He tries to jump Mary, gets absolutely
0: loosed with four arrows, and right?
1: And the rest are like, "I guess we're under arrest, huh?"
0: Yeah, like, right. Yeah, you are. So that yeah, they get all tied up and thrown into some storehouses and stuff. Um. Right now, it's kind of like what's going to happen next. Kind of like we're just in Bywater, just wondering kind of what's going to go on. Pippin comes back with this big host of Tooks. So now we're like hundreds of hobbits strong, ready to fight. And we can only assume that this bigger force of ruffians is going to come to kind of destroy everybody there. So we're all getting ready. Ruffians come down the road, there's like a hundred of them or so. They come down the road. Again, what ends up happening is Mary, we trap them with like these barricades again. And Mary basically just says like, hey, leave from the Shire. We're going to kill all of you if you don't. We have you surrounded. Uh, And these guys are like, we're way bigger than these hobbits. We can take thousands of them. So they start attacking everybody and there's this big battle, the Battle of Bywater, where about like 20 hobbits or so die to 70. Yeah, I specifically wrote it down. Okay. The hobbits killed 70. The hobbits killed 70 of
1: these ruffians. Lost 19 of Mm -hmm. their own. Yeah. These guys are absolute chumps. Stout guys. Legitimate bums mm-hmm. it, it like this is like kind of like your test it's like it's like one of those like classic like ask the internet questions like how many like five-year-olds mm-hmm. could you just kill if like you were just swarmed like one after another is coming how many could you just like and you have like a baseball bat right how many could you take down right and you'd be like i could probably get like 15 or 20 (laughs) before they just overwhelm me. Right. No, (laughs) apparently you can't
0: because these guys tried it and Mm. they got whooped, dude. Yeah, absolutely swamped. It it was, yeah, I mean, it's great. It's, it's awesome. Um, But there's, I mean, this battle is also the first battle that's happened in the Shire in 300 years. Um, So just kind of crazy, Um, they talk about how the hobbits that were killed were buried and all like buried in this communal grave with just a lot of honor. They placed this stone above them. And it's, it's just like this great moment where like crazy, crazy pride to be a hobbit in this moment.
1: Yeah. They like took down the names of everyone who partook in the battle and like basically that lives on.
0: in like the hobbits like lore book forever. Meanwhile, also, Mary and Pippin were just kicking dicks during this whole oh, thing. Yeah. And so everybody's just like Mary and Pippin are the shit. Captain Mary, Doc and Peregrine. Awesome guys. Yeah. Frodo, however, took more of the kind of, um, I don't know, peacekeeper role. And he was, his main contribution to this battle was keeping Hoppets from killing people who had already surrendered. Yeah so big big no war crimes in my shire guy exactly so that's what frodo was doing so as you would expect he didn't gain very much renown from this which will come up later just ever so slightly um yeah the fucking guy didn't want hobbits to commit wanted to kill prisoners right um but after the battle we um take a smaller group of hobbits that includes uh, the gaffer Sam's dad who's rejoined us at this point the four hobbits some other guys and we're finally making our way up to uh, Bag End we also learn and I believe this is before the battle we kind of get some more backstory on how everything turned to shit so it was kind of this slow thing where Lotho had A lot of business in the Shire already, like he was already in charge of a bunch and started buying up more. He started selling the Longbottom Leaf to these men who would come up, they would take some of his wares and then bring it back down to, as we know now, Saruman, right? Mm -hmm. But as they kept doing this trade, more and more of them just kind of kept staying and at first, it was like, we don't love that you're here, but you're not really doing anything. And then they just started kind of. And like you're a part of, And there's like an actually like established part of why they're here, right? Like, right. They're like, oh, like,
1: I'm not a big fan of just like dudes loitering kind of in Hobbiton, but at the same time, they're obviously here for this long bottom leaf business that is illegitimate through Lotho and stuff. But then eventually. Yeah, like you said, they just start just doing whatever they want, mm-hmm. and Lotho essentially has like a, like a monopoly on all the shit going down in the Shire, so no one can say anything. Yeah, because Lotho's just in charge of the
0: supply chain of all the Shire. Right, exactly. And so, I mean, I only say that 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 part isn't crazy important, but yeah. it just gives the reader a little bit more context. Like this takeover by the ruffians wasn't some invasion; it was just like more or less a slow and steady kind of coup of the Shire. Um, where they kind of just took over. Getting back to where we were before, though. So our gang of hobbits go up and they're going to Bag End. They find uh, Old Row, right? Old Row? Or, uh, I don't know, I'm gonna have to fact check that one. Um, that The street that Bag End is on, they find it in tatters, right? Just like totally ripped up and they're absolutely just dismayed. Like Sam starts crying at some point. There's the the party tree that was in the uh, Baggins
1: property. That was just this massive, probably like the oldest tree in the Shire Mm -hmm. had been chopped down for no reason. Other than it's just laying there. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like used for anything. They're not like, Hey, we need this tree because it has tons of wood in it. They're like, they just chopped it down.
0: Right. So, I mean, the scene is really, really depressing. There's trees that have been there forever that are just ripped up these new ramshackle houses built up hobbit holes destroyed. Maybe worst of all is this just ramshackle mill that was put up on the river that is churning out this black smoke over the Shire and just dumping filth into the water. And so it's just like ecologically, just from that standpoint, the Shire is just like, it looks like irreparable. Yeah. Like just really bad. So they're all not feeling great. They go up to bag end. Knock on the door. Very polite. (laughs) These guys have a host of like 20 of like the most jacked hobbits Mm -hmm. in the
1: shire ready to kick Lotho's ass. And they're just like, hello, can we come in? Mm -hmm. You can take the hobbits out of the shire. But, you know,
0: so they don't get an answer. So they get through the door and they're looking around and it looks like nobody's lived there for a while. Like it's just kind of a mess in there. It smells. They're looking around like what is going on here? Out of the shadows, guess who appears? Our good old boy Saruman.
1: This is who Sharky is. It's fucking Saruman. He's just there. Mm -hmm. And they're like, and they're kind of like, they kind of like get to him because he's like, because they're like, yeah, like it was like, this is all because of that dumb long bottom leaf trade. And I bet it was going to Saruman. Boy, I wish I would have kicked his ass when we saw him. He's like, yeah, but you didn't kick my ass, did (laughs) you? Yeah. I'm
0: still here. I'm still kicking you fucking idiots this okay this moment and honestly the moment where they meet saruman on the road previously takes me out of the story so much like and it, again this might just be because i'm so used to the movies mm-hmm. but like this part in particular feels so scooby-doo to me it's
1: so sco- like Old man Saruman you you're the one from the mill you're the, you've been the
0: engine of the shire's destruction so saruman has been sharky all along yeah it's yeah.
1: <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> what what is going on <laughs>
1: like, what, what do you mean saruman was like he's he's he, I, I could be like oh saruman was like sent the guys who bought the long bottom leaf and it's like mm-hmm. his industry had a hand on this like you, you've been kind of sensing that the entire time mm-hmm. you're like especially since he laid heavy on the trail that he's like long bottom leaf from the Shire and they're like what do you
0: know about the Shire so
1: so you're you're like okay Saruman he's obviously had a hand in this he's also just been dicking around the Shire (laughs) like like like, I, I can just see him like all his power he just chooses to pick on the weakest people yeah the hobbits who are just he's just like running around like throwing a rock in the green dragons window what are you gonna do I'm Saruman like what what Oh, well, this
0: fucking guy. So we get into that, which they're like, Saruman, why are you doing what you're doing? And he's just like straight up like this is an entirely a spite play. Yeah. He's like, hey, it really pissed me off seeing you on the road in all your glory. Just trotting up to Rivendell glorious. I'm going to go fuck up your house. That's it. Like Saruman knows he has nothing else to do. Like he is finished absolutely destroyed any hopes of like grand power control over anything other than i guess the shire at this point he can't actually obtain so he's just like i'm going to go up and screw up these guys' home cuz they did it to me yeah he's like
1: i've been the secret kind of like black hand that's been engineering the shire's like slow like very honestly sarumanian downfall Absolutely. where it's like the, 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 the slow coup no one saw it coming all of a sudden it just happened putting up industry he's like tearing yeah tearing down trees yep, yep very saruman stuff but never like you know in charge of the day-to-day in the shire <laughs> you know so he just is like you know what i'm just gonna go and like spray
0: paint a big dick and bag end. <laughs> like just 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 like petty shit yeah yeah really really absurd um at at this point though frodo has this real moment of mercy with him where he's just kind of like you know everybody here would like to see me kill you i'm not going to though i'm gonna let you go um just don't ever come back here like you don't have any power here anymore get out go um at which point saruman is just like that is the worst thing you could have possibly said to me right now. I would have preferred that you killed me because my blood would haunt and ruin this town forever. Frodo's I was like, you don't have power anymore, so no. But that to me was like really interesting. That Saruman's just kind of like the worst thing you could show me right now is mercy. Like that really kills me.
1: Yeah, he's like, he's like. He's so mad because all he wants is to bring everyone else down to his level at this point. That's all he has left.
0: Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm.
1: when and when he's like, if like, you strike me down, I'll like haunt, like literally haunt the land with my blood. Frodo's like, no, you can't. Mm-hmm. Dude, you were like eating like dandelions on a side of a highway like yeah. days ago, dude. Like, right. like I know for a fact you can't do that anymore, but
0: mm-hmm. you can convince other people of that. So you need to leave. Speaking of who else was on that highway with Saruman, we soon figure out. So Saruman leaves the leaves Bag End and is kind of like walking out and is starting to just talk mad shit to all the hobbits there. Frodo's just kind of like, don't listen to him, anybody. Let him go. Saruman's like, hey, Wormtongue, get your ass out here. We're leaving. Wormtongue like falls out of a building. <laughs> <I> just like, <laughs> he's like. Get your fucking ass over. You're leaving this fucking shit hole. And
1: Krima's like, oh
0: no. <laughs> Krima just like comes stumbling out of some house and is going to follow Saruman. And Frodo again is just like, hey, Krima, you don't have to go with him. Like you can go your own way. Like, don't feel like you need to follow this guy. And everyone else is like, "Yeah, you don't need. Anything. You don't need to stay here." But like, you know, fuck that guy. You don't need to do that. But also, like, you know, go. And Saruman is basically just like, "Hey, Grima, you're nothing without me. Like, you're coming with me. Do you want me to tell all of these good people about how you definitely murdered Lotho, and also hinted that he may have eaten him?" Hundo P grima ate lotho oh my god
1: and grima's like no you promised you wouldn't tell because you made me do it he's like yeah but you you did it weirdo <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> who's gonna love a weirdo who eats hobbits you know you better come with me <laughs> in a shocking turn of events <laughs> and
0: everyone around them was just like uh wh- <laughs> what right right in a shocking turn of events Saruman turns to leave Grima pulls a knife on him runs up and stabs him in the back and gets shot with a bunch of arrows
1: yeah so he's like he's just, he tries to kill someone, Stabs him in the back slits his throat just gets lit up with arrows right. just immediately killed and then Saruman has this like death scene where he just kind of like and then like a wind comes out of the west and mm-hmm. just blows him into dust and he's just gone and it's it's funny because his power was so weak at that point it's not like the other like big magical death scenes where like it's like Gandalf Mm -hmm. and the witch king and Sauron where like their presence is lost and it's an immediate effect on everyone around him he blows away in the wind and the hobbits are like cool done right like clap their hands like
0: that's it Mm -hmm. he's out of here yeah yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty, it, it's a, just like kind of like what you're saying with Saruman, how, how, like his kind of slow decline of the places that he's in charge of, um, Isengard and now the Shire. His exit is like that too, mm-hmm. where it's just like Saruman has had this long, drawn out decline that ended in kind of like a. I don't want to call it anticlimactic cause it's kind of sudden when it happens. Like it's pretty exciting, mm-hmm. but it's like he doesn't, he isn't killed by some great warrior. He isn't killed in battle or anything like that. He isn't He's, vanquished from some land. He is, he is killed by his ride or die boy, worm tongue, whom he just calls worm at this point, by the way, Who just like runs up on him from behind and slits his throat like. And then, like you said, just kind of vanishes in the air, like it's just kind of like. I don't know, just. Fitting, I guess, for that character, so I don't know. Um, Following that, though. um, That kind of ends the chapter. One thing I did forget to mention, though, is that Saruman did try to kill Frodo. So that's a big thing I forgot to mention. As he's leaving the house, he tries to stab Frodo and his knife breaks on Frodo's mithril. And that's when Frodo insists that they don't kill him. Um, so even more mercy from somebody or, you know, for somebody who just tried to kill you. So, yeah, kind of a big deal. Um, One of my big takeaways from this chapter, though, is we've talked a lot about how we talked a lot about how Merry and Pippin have kind of come into their own as battle-hardened warriors, right? Frodo has also kind of—I don't know—like you can see his growth from his journey too, and it's not really the same, and not really like measurable the way Mary's and Mary and Pippins is. Mm-hmm. But Frodo is just so sick of violence at this point that he doesn't want any of it. Yeah, like, and so you see this real kind of emergence from Merry and Pippin as these like grand warriors who are prepared to lead hobbits. Meanwhile, Frodo is just like, no, what I learned from all of this isn't how to fight. It's how not to.
1: Yeah, you can really tell that Frodo is kind of I thought of this a lot um, where it was just I can only imagine what Tolkien felt coming back from World War One and maybe seeing like any type of like conflict at home where he was just like, look, we don't need this right now. A lot of good men and women out there just fought for stuff that's way more important than mm-hmm. this. And we really just don't need to try and bring anything up or start anything. Absolutely. And especially from my like, people that he was with there with. Like, look, I know that like when you're taught to be a hammer, everything looks like a nail, but it doesn't have to be that way.
0: Right. And I don't know that Frodo was really all that different when he left the Shire. Right. Like he might have done the same thing had he not gone on this journey at all, like that could just be his character. Yeah. But I just find it interesting that it mirrors or kind of just contrasts, I guess the Mary and Pippin kind of like new warlord thing. Yeah. Um, I I found that really interesting, but that's pretty much the end of chapter uh, chapter eight. Yeah, it is. Any other thoughts before we embark on our last chapter?
1: I liked that you noted that it was kind of like Scooby Doo y that <laughs> yeah. Sarma came in because I think that's actually a very fitting way to do it considering where he died. The Hobbit, the Hobbits and Hobbiton in the Shire is easily the most like. I'm gonna try and choke on some adjectives here, but like bouncy, fluffy, like of all the creations of Uh, Tolkien, lollipop, guilty, yes, exactly, (laughs) exactly. They're just so like comical, comical. It's it's comical in a in a complimentary way because again, Tolkien is in his bag the most when he's describing like either epic, grand. Um, objects or very homely cozy things and he's yeah. obviously he has a lot of respect for the shire absolutely so choosing that to be the ultimate downfall of saruman was seems intentional mm-hmm. because it's like someone who again was like the head of the order of wizards in middle earth like one of like the like top five most powerful people mm-hmm. in middle earth like pretty undisputed to being killed by some like Fledgling goon that he created right at the very end, all from his own like fall from grace and like all the action that he chose.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's yeah. that, that seems, seems very fitting. And again, coming from like the highest place, like in this huge tower in Isengard, the central location in Middle Earth, to dying outside of a hobbit hole because you were just such a dick, right? Yeah, it's Scooby Dewey but the hobbit is Scooby Doo, and and in Scooby-Doo, people get what they deserve. So. so
0: much of it, I mean, so much of it makes sense. It, yeah. Like, it's perfect. It just feels it feels so much different than everything else in these books because the Shire is so much different than mm-hmm. anything else in these uh-huh. books. 100%. Yeah. Um, one more thing also footnote that Tolkien included. So the name Sharky, he didn't just invent. Uh, well, I mean, he invented all of this, but the name Sharky In a footnote, Tolkien says it's probably derivative of an orc word sharku, which means old man. And it's what orcs called him in Isengard. So there you go. (laughs) Not a lot of respect for the top brass in Isengard, (laughs) if you can imagine it. No. So moving on to our last chapter in this series, chapter nine, the Grey Havens.
1: And very fitting that uh, Tolkien ends on the number
0: nine for his uh, decision that is too, for his decision in this last book. I didn't think about that. That's nice. I didn't think about that at all. Very cool. Uh, essentially, where we're at right now: the Shire saved, but all is not well there. As we'd said, the whole Shire is in ruins. Essentially, at this point. So there's a lot of work that needs to get done to bring things back into order. Frodo ends up freeing all of these prisoners that were locked up, and it includes a few important people. One being the mayor of the Shire. So funny to me that the mayor was like the first guy to get locked up. Of course He's like, he was.
1: hey, what's going on? <laughs> uh, throw him in jail. <laughs> Just, no, no resistance. He's got no cops. The sheriffs were like, oh, what do we do? And Sharky's like, you're my sheriff's now. I'm like, ah, shit. Yeah.
0: So the mayor gets released, but he's not in good shape. And so he gets, uh, basically put on bed rest. Frodo takes over the mantle of being deputy mayor and starts running shit around the, uh, around the Shire. Also released from this prison is Lothelia, which we remember her as being the Baggins who always wanted Bag End, always felt cheated by Bilbo and Frodo. Um, after she heard hears that Lotho's dead, though she's just like devastated and essentially just gives Frodo back bag end and is like, "I'm gonna go live back at my parents' place." So Frodo's like, "Great, bag end." They S- ate my husband. Frodo secures the bag end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, Yeah, but not without a uh, you know
1: sticky fingers, a couple silver spoons, and she's just
0: like, <sighs> "Yeah, yeah, you can have bag end." <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Um. So we have a, a, just a few pages of just kind of Shire rebuild, and it involves, um, you know, Frodo setting everything right again. Mary and Pippin being put in charge of just chasing down all of the remaining ruffians. Yeah, it
1: was actually kind of nice because Frodo's like, hey, I know that you really wanted to kill... Um- Uh, saruman noted that i I get it i get it and i know i denied you a lot of chances to Mm -hmm. kill prisoners in the Mm -hmm. battle of baywater but uh you know you you can just be my marshals and just go around and just track down Mm -hmm. saruman detractors right and just kick their asses if you want that can be your job
0: Mm -hmm. sounds great deal yeah sounds good Frodo already gone (laughs) like half a block away say no more boss (laughs) kick so many asses for you you don't even know so while they're off doing that Sam finally realizes um after being reminded by somebody in typical Sam fashion he's looking around at all these trees and everything's just like it's going to take more than a lifetime like I'm never going to see these trees that we replant and they're like well how about that uh gift that Galadriel gave you where there's dirt and that one kind of nut in there. How about you try to use that and see what happens? And Sam's like, oh, good call. As a guy that is so in love with Galadriel and Elves in general, you'd think he just remember this shit.
1: Yeah, but you're you're not um remembering how um big of a doofus Sam is at the <laughs> core of his character being. Like right. he's he's loyal and brave and digs deep and is so so honorable and just honestly brings out the best and everyone around him. But he's also just kind of a dipshit sometimes. Mm-hmm. And forgetting a little box. Right. Is
0: kind of up his alley. Right. Right. Um, but Sam, having realized this, uses each grain of dirt, essentially, to fertilize the ground around the Shire. So he plants all of these new tree beds to replace the ones that were torn up. And he's just kind of busy doing all that stuff. The seed, like the big nut essentially that was in this box with this dirt, he play plants in place of the old tree, the huge tree that was beyond- the party tree, the party tree. Thank you. Um, and we get to see then come springtime in the Shire, all the fruits of Sam's labors are enormous so four times the rate of what a normal growth would be like trees are sprouting up left and right sprouting up like just crazy crazy growth it's a phenomenal spring for the shire the harvest is better than it's ever been the beer is better than it's ever been in the place where sam planted that nut that seed grows a mallorn tree which really hit home for me i
1: i started tearing up so remember a mallorn tree are the famous silver barked golden leaf trees of lothlorien mm-hmm. and tolkien makes a note that it is the only Malorn tree west of the mountains mm-hmm. anywhere in that part of the world and also one of the best Malorn trees ever right like it is, it grows to be one of the biggest, strongest and most beautiful. And Sam recognized it immediately as it's like, because again, he planted the seed of a tree mm-hmm. and and like the sapling of the white tree that um, Aragorn and Gandalf found on the mountains above Minas Tirith was this small, scrawny sapling, seven years old. Right. This thing is already like taller than the hobbits. Bark is silver gold golden leaves you know immediately what it is mm-hmm. and sam is just like absolutely smacked with how happy he is i remember sam was the one who said he wanted to go to Lorien one more time i was just thinking that he doesn't yeah. he doesn't need to anymore there's
0: gonna be a piece of Lorien in the shire forever now yeah it's it's really a really beautiful beautiful moment um but while all of this stuff is going on uh all of these repairs are being made around the shire bag end in particular. When that is kind of fixed up and ready to move back in, Frodo moves back in there. Sam, meanwhile, is like, hey, I really want to wed this Rosie girl and is kind of like, Frodo, you're about to move back into Bag End. I know you want me to live here, but I want to marry Rosie. So, and Frodo's like, oh, you can move in here. That's fine. Both of you. Yeah. Yeah. Have a family. There's plenty of room. Come on in.
1: Yeah. the bag end is like um, one of the biggest Hobbit holes. It's a mansion. It's a mansion. It's a mansion in the Shire. He's like, I got rooms. What am I
0: doing here? Yeah.
1: <laughs> doing, just by myself. No, get over here.
0: Right. So Sam marries Rosie. It's beautiful. Moves back in to bag end with Rosie and Frodo. Uh, meanwhile, we get kind of a few passages here and there where Frodo falls ill, or starts feeling kind of sickly, or really just down on himself. And some of those come at those specific dates that we talked about before. So on the particular date where he was stung by Shelob, he ends up falling really ill. Um, And so things aren't really great for Frodo right now. He just can't fully come back home the way other people can. Anyway, we move on along and. Sam and Rosie have just had a baby and he comes to Frodo and is like, hey, I had a baby and I'm sorry, it's not a boy, so I can't name him after you. And Frodo's like, dude, it's fine. And he's like, you know, what should I name this kid? And Frodo's like, how about Eleanor after the elven word for the, you know, the flower, yeah, the flower. And Sam's just like, great, that's perfect. So Sam, Rosie, Eleanor, and Frodo living in Bag End right now. We get all the way through summer. We're back towards fall again. And Frodo just kind of pulls Sam aside and is like, hey, I'm going to go on a little trip. I need you to come with me. And Sam's like, okay, we're going to go back to Rivendell to see Bilbo. And I'm going to take you part of the way, but not all the way. So they get all packed up. Frodo puts all his affairs in order. And this includes um telling Sam,
1: by the way, I finished my book. Mm-hmm. All of Bilbo's stories of The Hobbit, all of our stories, and then and then Sam dutifully notes, Hey, there's all these pages left in the back of the book. Are you sure it's finished? And
0: Frodo goes, Those are for you. Now come with me. Right. Right. So when they decide to go. Um, they take off and they're heading through the woods. And I really thought we were going to get a throwback to the Fox that was there. I thought for it sure didn't too. happen. No. And I was kind of disappointed anyway.
1: That actually makes it funnier that the Fox still is just one off <laughs> bullshit thing that Tolkien did. This just has no connection to the rest of the story.
0: I know. Uh, but so we're headed through the woods and we start hearing, um, well, Frodo starts singing and in response, almost just naturally comes more voices out in the woods. And at this point, Sam's just like, oh shit, I know what's going on yeah. right now. Uh. So they keep riding through the woods and they meet up with this large group of elves that include Galadriel, Elrond, and Bilbo also is there. And they're just like, okay, Frodo, if you're coming with us, it's time to go. And Sam's just like, holy shit, like... Sam
1: takes five minutes of not staring at Galadriel's fine ass to be like, what do you mean going?
0: (laughs) Yeah. So Sam's just dumbfounded. And I can imagine just torn and really, really sad. Like, how, how are you going to go somewhere? I can't, that's never happened before. That's not the deal. That's not, that's not what I'm about. That's not what this has been about. Our relationship has always been me looking after you. And Frodo is just kind of like, Sam, you've come back to the Shire. I've never been able to fully return. I have wounds that can't fully heal. And I need to go somewhere that th- that won't be a problem. Um, and he goes also, by the way, you are also a ring bearer for a little bit. Like you put on the ring for a period of time. Like maybe someday there will be a place for you too. But whatever we set off on this journey and we realize we're going to go West. So we're going with the elves to the sea, the gray Havens to set off and go to the Western lands. So we're riding on along. Finally, we get there and who's there waiting for us, this old boatkeeper, and also Gandalf. And it's important to note also at this point, Gandalf is flexing with a ring on. What so
1: Elrond and Galadriel have two of the three rings given to elves. Yes, Elrond's is gold with a blue stone, Galadriel's is gold white with a white stone, Mm -hmm. Gandalf's is gold with a red stone, red as fire, very Gandalfian. Mm -hmm. And it's really crazy because Gandalf, you'll famously remember, was like, No, sorry, no one ring of power for me. Mm -hmm. Can't do it. Turns out he's had that ring
0: the whole time. I mean, yeah, the the thing that I thought, because I thought the same thing. It's not the ring. No. So it makes sense. And also those rings power is
1: now its own because the controlling ring of power is destroyed. Right. So the power that was best vested in those rings mm-hmm. now is kind of its own unique attachment to their original bears. Right. It's kind of like my thought behind it as well. Yeah. I think that's fair. And because those beings were so great in the first place, they really weren't that corrupted the way that the men were just immediately just not school time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks for the ring. And I'm a shapeless
0: black. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Hunter of <laughs> hobbits. <laughs> So Frodo and Bilbo, they're about to board this ship when out of nowhere come galloping Merry and Pippin down the road. And they're like, did you really think that we were just going to let you get out of here? Like, we followed you on this mission before. Like, we're not going to just let you take off on us again. So they finally get there. Frodo's like, thanks for coming, guys. It's been real, uh, and they say their goodbyes, and it's a really sad moment. And Gandalf kind of puts in at this one, at one point. He's like, "Yeah, I actually tipped off Merry and Pippin that you were coming, partially because I knew it was going to be unbearable for Sam to make this journey back alone." Which I was just like, "Oh, oh my god, it's just so beautiful."
1: There's, so, a, there's a little there's a little bit of like i always i caught a little bit of fun with that where it's kind of like the the negative elrond where he allowed Marion pippen to go with them kind of to assist the hobbits but mm-hmm. this time he's like he's like i know it'd be so hard for sam he did the same thing where he's like it wasn't in the original plan for them to be here yeah but why not right. why not let your friends do things with you like why not if you're gonna have to do something might as well do it with people you care about that also care about what's going on. There's no reason to go through anything alone, which is a big theme of this story.
0: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. There's just so much grace in this chapter that's just like, this really, I, I find it so difficult to figure out. Like, And this is part of the reason at the beginning of this recording, I'd said like, you want to be happy about the ending of this story, but so much of it just feels like a departure, mm-hmm. not kind of like a resolution. No, yeah. And that's the worst part is that
1: to to not allow this to happen, to have Frodo stay would be not what the character wants and would lead to the character's like discomfort and unhappiness for however long the story would continue to go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Frodo's just not happy in the Shire. Mm -hmm. He's on and off sick. He's not present. He's only like locked in his room, secluded with all the notes, just reminders of the horrors that they had to go through together. Mm -hmm. This is, this is what makes sense for the characters. And actually for the story, which is why it's such a blow to have to come up with it. You have to deal with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And you know, it's coming too. like, even if you were never familiar with the movies like we are, you just know, like from all the really heavy handed hints throughout this entire book, Mm -hmm. Frodo's not staying here. Right. And if you've been paying attention to Frodo's dreams from fellowship, you know that this is exactly what Tolkien's been planning the entire
0: time. Exactly. And that I'm just going to say, I'm going to bring up in just a second here, but Frodo and Bilbo then, after they say long, really kind of tear filled goodbyes to the rest of the hobbits, finally board the ship and set off. And as they're going across the sea, Frodo finally sees the far Western lands that the elves are all going to. And like you just said, it's a direct callback to his dream in the house of Tom Bombadil from Fellowship. Quote, the gray rain curtain turned all to silver glass and was rolled back. And he beheld white shores and beyond them a far green country under a swift sunrise. Like heaven, you know, mm-hmm. just absolute heaven. So, From there, we turn away from Frodo. That's kind of the end of his journey. And we flash back to Sam and Merry and Pippin. And they just start on their way back to the Shire. And they have a long, silent ride back, enjoying each other's company and presence being there. And Sam gets back to his house. He sits down in his chair. Rosie comes, puts Eleanor on his lap, and he just kind of reflects to himself, well, I'm home. And the book ends. Yeah. And it's just like, what am I supposed to do now? Yeah. It's
1: the worst thing Tolkien ever did to me as a person personally the reader Mm -hmm. was end it so perfectly that i'm just so mad at him i'm just so (laughs) mad at him for not giving me more yes Yes. he did such a good job and like he was able to have the storybook ending with the very tear-filled departure and do it while it makes a hundred percent sense not taking away Anything from either character doesn't do it by plot device. Yep. He tells you it's coming the whole time with all the different hints he had. Ev- everything in it's not a shock. No, you know it's coming. The characters know it's coming. It. It. You know the ending for at least like five chapters.
0: Tolkien knew what the last word of this book was going to be when he wrote the first one. Mm-hmm. None of this was conjured. None of it was made up along the way. It was all part of the plan and this ending is a perfect example of how any ending for any book, movie, TV show, anything should come to a close. All the loose ends are tied. All of them. We don't have another one. Like All of the loose ends are tied up. Everybody is where they should be. And it just makes you feel good. And also kind of
1: bad. Yeah. It sucks that we don't get to go, we don't get any more. He just immediately dives into a bunch of appendices and being like, if you want more, I got the details. You're like, no, I want the characters. I want to, I wanna be in this world. I want to be in the storyline. He's you don't get to because Mm -hmm. there's nothing more that needs to be said. Mm -hmm. I've tied up every loose end.
0: Yeah. Ugh. Moment of silence for Lord of the Rings being over. Ugh,
1: I'll read it again in my lifetime. There's I'll no do doubt. It. Oh, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> and in the meantime, I'm going to hit up these fat, fat indexes. Yes. That are just full of useless information. <laughs> and by useless, I mean very deep, deeply conjured backstory to every little detail of this story.
0: Right. Okay. So for now, though. We have our in-house Tolkien Scholar coming back. So we get to talk about way more of just kind of like nitty gritty stuff mm-hmm. uh, one more time. But before then, we've got a, a few kind of extra things. We've got our usual Gollum smeagle. Mm-hmm. We've got our usual uh, bad beat. We've got our usual... Uh, what's the other one? We did ride or die. Rider. Thank you. Ride or die of the week. Just did hundred of these episodes. Whatever, man. I, I I don't know. I've got other things on my mind. Mostly gray Havens. I just want to go there. Uh, and, uh, a few more other bonus bonus segments for you guys. Oh, so let's just, let's get the regular ones out of the way first. Okay. And I believe we agreed we're going to do full book for their full series. Yes. For these, minus Hobbit. We don't have to think sure. about that. So, Cody, Gollum of the series. Gollum of the series is really
1: tough. I've had to think a lot about it, really dig back into my notes about what we were talking about Mm -hmm. all the way beginning of fellowship, all the way beginning or in the middle, in the deepness of two towers, all that stuff. In, and I've kind of broken it down into like random stuff. There's like sure. one off events. Very recently an example of a one off event. It's like Grima eating Lotho. <laughs> yes. Gross, dude. <laughs> or like, um, or like the Barrow Downs. Those were just so creepy and like right. cartoony. I was like, what are we doing here? Right. right. And then there's like bigger things like, things i didn't like it's just like when they um when sam frodo and Gollum are walking through the dead marshes yeah and you're just like this is just so terrible like you're just again tolkien just making you go through it but i had to settle on just mordor itself yeah just the description of mordor and just the like marathon that tolkien put us through to just read all of this awful, awful, awful descriptive terrain. It was so bad.
0: No, and I think it makes sense. I mean, I, I was like you when I was thinking about this. You can either get really specific and try to like think like, okay, what are the best golems mm-hmm. that we came up with along the way? And you could also just say like golem or something. <laughs> right, you could. But I think the path you're going on, first of all, Mordor is supposed to be like that yeah. because it's that final thing. Like yeah. It is supposed to be the worst one. So that's perfectly... Perfectly fine. You could also go a little bit more meta and just be like, like you'd said, Tolkien's just evil descriptions of everything throughout the whole thing. Yeah. Whatever they were, Sam and or, uh, Mary and Pippin getting dragged by the Orakai was oh, yeah. fucking awful. Anything like that. So, I mean, I would agree with you. For me, it was Mordor. um But I mean, it, like honorable mentions, Shelob's Lair, terrible. Bad. Gollum, just in general, really bad. Um Minds of Moria, not m- fine. Minds of Moria, really bad. Like, there's plenty that you could say, but I think the correct answer here really is Mordor.
1: The correct answer is Mordor, but you know, we'll take whatever you give us. If you're like, actually, I thought this specific thing was really gross and bad. I probably, yeah, probably. Tolkien only describes things as either good or bad, mm-hmm. and with like like the tiniest sliver of in between. Yeah. Okay. Uh Smeagol. Smeagol. Um I love the way the books were structured. The, okay. the 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 a the a side b side vinyl flip sure. of uh, the books where mm-hmm. it's like book one is completely different from book two is completely different from book three is completely different from book four. I loved it, right? And right. just kind of like the now that since Procrastination Beach, the stories are split, mm-hmm. treating them as such, and as soon as. Tolkien kind of played around with the time travel thing in the first couple chapters of Two Towers. It was a little bit confusing, but you're able to hang on. And then from there, he just nailed it. I love it. I actually thought it was very entertaining and a really good way to just kind of cap things off. It made it very suspenseful, and the cliffhangers were not forced.
0: Right. Um, Okay, just for interest of differentiation, um, I would say probably my favorite part and I I struggle with this, but my favorite part part of any of these books still is Lorien. Fair, yeah. Oh, yeah. Easy. Um. So just that chapter, uh, just in Lorien, I I think is so beautifully written. It just takes you to a place that feels like nothing you've ever known before, while still feeling like home. Um, which he does in a lot of different places, but this place in particular was just so perfect that it felt. I, it, it's just like unbeatable
1: it's it's really the only place in the story that at one point was not corrupted mm-hmm. right it's like the only t- place that we get real deep connection to the area itself too i want to make that clear because like gray awesome nothing bad happens there mm-hmm. in like the, the bad sense right but like Lorien, it's new it's introduced it we spend a little decent amount of time there characters make decisions and it's just so perfect and beautiful and never once is it like the subject of any type of ire
0: right and i mean i I thought about gray havens but the problem is is too much of it is based on your own imagination yeah and not actually what's what's written so i felt like that's kind of cheating yeah he's like it's a bay there's a big gray ship yeah it's like a beach you know it's like whatever it's it's described as being perfect and it can heal all like ailment but like you don't know because you, you as a reader aren't taken there physically.
1: Yeah. He's not because gray Havens is different because gray Havens, it's like a means to an end. And what Tolkien's really caring about is the relationships. He's not talking about the descriptions in Lorien. he's just in his bag, like Mm -hmm. the leaves, the bark, the presence, Galadriel's there. She's in your head, but is she in your head? She's not saying anything. It's just, you're just so wrapped up in the location. Right. I I think I I agree with you. Okay.
0: Uh, Bad beat of the series. Of the
1: series, you know, easy answer, Sauron, you know. <laughs> the dark lord really bit it at the end. Yes. I I like that answer. I'm sticking with the Nazgûl. Yeah, dude, Witch king got it so bad. I, he 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 tried to one up on Gandalf and it was going to be so sick and then he's just got totally beat up by a girl. That's just kind of how it is. Yeah. Um
0: and then from and, <laughs> and Hobbit. And Hobbit for ride or die there's one answer sam one possible answer in this there's no other thing that you can say it's sam even bringing like you can bring up other people but you there's no point yeah no point it's sam okay let's get into some additional segments because i'm excited to talk about these
1: some extra superlatives uh superlatives oh my god superlatives superlatives oh my god i'm to host a podcast about reading and i can't get that out okay. <laughs> all right the uh, simpin ain't easy award yes let's get it this one was actually a pretty obvious answer in my mind even though can you I describe the question Can you describe the the actual so a simp in uh current meme language is a guy who gives all his attention to a girl who will Never really reciprocate what he what he's feeling. Okay, we got to give it to Gimli for his <laughs> for his yes. love of Galadriel. She's <laughs> like oh. he he definitely paid the Patreon for some of that gamer girl hair strand. Yes, oh he's about God. to square up on Aemir for being like, yeah, she's the second hottest woman in the world. He's ready to fight and probably die. Yeah, oh,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, it'd be a good it'd be good, good,
1: but you know, what are we doing here? Yeah, no, the risk is there. He's willing to die. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it um, ain't easy. It ain't easy, especially because he's famously the only dwarf in the history of Middle Earth to mm -hmm. be like Galadriel's the best. This elf queen is literally better than any currently living person. mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, it ain't
1: easy being Gimli, but it's he's about that life. So
0: I really like that one. And I don't know if there's a better. If there's like another answer. No, I think that's got it. OK, here's one for you. We're going to call this the Zillow of Middle Earth. OK, yes. <laughs> OK, so you get to decide what would be the highest property value in Middle Earth. Fuck yes. Is it a Lothlorien, B Rivendell, C Tirith, D Ederas, or E, the Shire it's Lorian dude here's the thing though okay here's the here's my only argument against the Lorian take and I almost didn't include it because it seems like it's too easy you can't buy a house there anyway oh
1: like, yeah the the, H, the hoa at lorien is strict no could you even zillow with hoa with the, with the lorien thinking.
0: hoa i don't know i don't know that zillow would have like zillow doesn't sell private islands you know yeah. so like part of me is just like lorien's kind of out of the question which makes me think like aragorn rain Minas Tirith has got to be exposed expensive bro oh like, dude real estate, everything's
1: white marble dude
0: everything like- there is dope as hell i don't think any other place there like rivendell you know abandoned at the end of the story anyway so that's gonna you know whatever uh the last lonely home get it for a steal folks while rates are low <laughs> yes but um i just found that funny Is like thinking about like okay Maybe like best vacation spots, Middle Earth, like not nah, property. <laughs>
1: you Middle I got to think of some place to like somewhere that it's just under the radar that like you and a significant other got for like a steal. And it's like if you get the chance, if you're just if you're east of the Barrow Downs, Tom Bombadil's house, like best <laughs> night's sleep I've ever had on God dreamed of heaven yeah literally had a fortune teller type dream where i saw the end of my journey crazy shit yeah five stars 10 out of 10 would stay again
0: i, I thought you were gonna say like the sneaky nice neighborhood that no one knows about but everybody wants to move to like low-key ethelian <laughs> it's just pretty like, great dope as hell it smells like sage but every no day. one
1: knows spicy up. ooh, spicy air very nice all right what else you got okay my next one is um, the didn't read the fine print technicality loser award to the <laughs> witch king. <laughs> yes. Where in his whole deal, he was like, yeah, man, like no man can trespass against me. I'm about to just kick everyone's ass. Gandalf, he's next. Mm-hmm. And then a hobbit stabs him in the back of the knee, snapping his Achilles and then <laughs> Eowyn kills him. Yep. Which uh, you know, not covered by the terms of service, my guy. The Nazgul did not scroll all the way no. through. <laughs> no, he was he was buying being an eternal hunting witch king on Apple on iTunes, and he yes. was just like, "Yes, purchase price my soul." Oh, <laughs> is this twenty pages I got to scroll
0: through? do agree. <laughs> yeah absolutely just um boned by a fine print
1: guys who also didn't do that um uh, runner up for this is definitely saruman guy who is like you know what i've been looking in the Orthank. i'm pretty sure i can beat sarah
0: <laughs> No, 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 dude,
1: even better than that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I can get I can fool him that I'm on his side and then take power when his back's not turned.
0: even even better. Saruman signs the lease for Orthanc oh. and he doesn't read the fine print that his lands include Ents. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the foundation is shit, my dude. He's just like, oh, God. <laughs> Here so me. what you're
1: saying is that if they surround my palace, I can't leave <laughs> unless they let me
0: out. Thanks, Treebeard. God. So, yeah. I love that one. Okay. So, we talked a little bit about how um, you just kind of want to hear more after that last chapter. Like, you want to know what happens more. So, I was thinking, keeping this, or uh, calling this keeping up with the blank award and just thinking, what couple in Middle Earth would you just want one, like, 20 like 10 20 years later episode about would it be faramir and eowyn aragorn and arwen sam and rosie or legolas and gimli
1: (laughs) dude the the legolas and gimli it's not like uh keeping up with them that's like we need like um murkwood nine nine where it's like the buddy cop thing where it's just them just on that side of the lonely mountains where they're just like going from like uh dale to the lonely mountain yeah they're just hanging out they're they're doing buddy cop shit in terms of like the couple that we'd want yeah you know i think it would be hilarious to watch like the daytime television of Faramir and Eowyn. Yeah. Faramir and Eowyn is just like so melodramatic, just like, I don't know if I can love you. He's like, <laughs> you can try.
0: <laughs> no. In terms of pure entertainment value, it'd be so good. It's 20 years later, and Eowyn's like, you know, I always liked Aragorn more. He's and Faramir's just, and like, just oh, sitting in his armchair, just like, whatever. <laughs> Faramir Fe- Fe- Eowyn's just like looks at like it's a cutaway to just like her in the camera. And she's just like, you know, I should have known we were together for a week before we decided to get married. I'm just like, fuck. And Faramir is like,
1: yeah, but he's not here now. So what are you going to
0: do? <laughs> <laughs> oh God. I just think that's so funny. That's really great. All
1: right. What else? Uh, Kind of in our ride or die. I just did the zero to hero. Mm hmm. Gave it to Sam Gamgee because to. the guy went from Gardner to ultimate badass.
0: Yeah. I mean, any Hobbit would be any up, Hobbit for up for that award. Yeah. yeah, but Sam's a good one. Um, I would also throw Boromir in there. Yeah. Because he went zero to hero like that. Within pages. Yeah. yeah. So that would be a good one for me. Also, um, let's see. Comic one uh Gollum going from biting off Frodo's finger yeah to, the inadvertent zero to hero yeah to saving the world by falling by being doom. a massive dipshit and cel- celebrating too hard
1: and falling over the edge and burning in lava yeah
0: also uh another potential one could just be aragorn because he was a nobody in a lot of ways and goes all the way to king of middle earth yeah
1: but just because he was nobody to the morons and breed doesn't mean that he wasn't already like captain of the Dunedain and like all this stuff but in our brains sure he's just random mm-hmm. like sure he's a badass and stuff but we don't know his backstory and then like it just slowly unfolds you're like why does this dude know so many
0: elves I think Eowyn's also a good zero to
1: She's hero because he someone who's just like the administrator of Edoras right to- killing the witch king and like yeah the
0: princess of Ithilien yeah pretty huge um that just about wraps it up for me yeah same here okay like i said we've got tolkien scholars still coming on so stay tuned for that i'm really excited uh to talk to madre um, about all of lord of the rings one more time um until then i'm not gonna read for a little bit not for a little bit we'll be back later and we'll Uh, give an announcement of our next book after the next podcast thank you so much for listening we see your downloads we appreciate it mountain view shout out shout out to
1: everyone well once we hit 200 downloads we'll do a special uh kind of treat one for us podcast we're gonna make fun of the hobbit movies Mm -hmm. and talk about everything that's super wrong with them it's gonna be
0: incredible i I love doing this. I, I love, love that so you much. anybody that's out there is listening. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This has been bibliothex. Yes. We'll it see you next time. We'll see you next time. Later, folks.